play. Oh, that was like instant. It's different than the Windows. Um, Painkiller Nearly, episode 140. Here we go. Um, yeah. Here we go. So, so you said that you weren't caught up on this guy from Cleveland, Ohio, that went on the that, that shot the guy. So, so what happened was this: um, he he goes on Facebook Live, and he's holding his phone, you know, with the front facing camera on. So you you see like his steering wheel and the hood of his car, and he's like, "I'm about to murder this guy. I just found me somebody to murder." And he gets out of his car. He's parked on the side of a paved road. He gets out of his car, walks across that road to the other sidewalk, and there's a 74-year-old black man walking down the road with, like, a, a grocery bag, like a plastic bag. And he's like, say, and then he says a woman's name that's indiscernible. I don't know what it, what it is. Like, Rebecca. Say Rebecca. And he's like, what? He's like, why? He's like, because that's whose fault it is that this is happening to you right now. And he pulls a Glock and points at his head. And the guy said, Break puts his hands in the air, and he says, I don't know nobody named that. And he shoots him in the head point blank, and the guy falls to the ground dead, blood all over the sidewalk. And he goes, yeah, that motherfucker's dead. And then he walks back to the car, and that's it. I didn't watch it yet because I saw Chiz Lincoln a few days ago, and I, the, the Blues had literally just won game three, and it was three to nothing. And Chiz sends me... 45 seconds later, a link, and he says, some guy just murdered some poor elderly guy for no reason. Here's a full video of it. And I was like, oh, you are, no, 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 not tonight. Having said that, that's what the Blues are doing to Minnesota, so. (laughs) (laughs) Murdering them in the street. But, yeah, like, for some reason, like, I never dwell on those internet videos too much but there was something about that like i think it was the fact that i saw the victim's face before mm-hmm. the video had been linked you know or yeah like when i looked into it as it was linked and i saw his face and it was almost like ah that's so much more humanizing now and you saw the pictures of his family like so sad it happened on fucking easter like it's that's horrible i'm so glad yeah, that what... piece of shit killed himself yeah so here's the next part of the story so that guy like, I think he posted some more stuff on Facebook, uh, and he's doing this because, I don't know, a girl broke up with him or something of that nature. It seemed to be because, all because of a girl, but on Facebook he said that he killed, like, another 12 or 15 people and gave locations for where he killed them, and the, they said they were looking into that, but they didn't know if that was a real thing or not. And then uh, today, I guess, he was at a McDonald's and uh, ordering some chicken nuggets and some fries, and the cashier recognizes him. And and uh, tells and goes and calls the state police, and then the and tells the owner of the McDonald's, and he goes to the window and tells this guy that is he has to wait for his fries, and the guy refuses to wait for the fries. He just takes his nuggets and 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 drives away. But the cops are already there at that point, so the cops started chasing him down the highway, and uh, he shot himself in the head. Um, hmm. So he's. I didn't he's know the McNuggets storyline there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't even get to eat his McNuggets. Do you think he was didn't. frantically wolfing them down? <laughs> they said a, a short police chase. I guarantee, if you look in that car, you'll find a Glock, one uneaten nugget, and an empty sweet and sour sauce packet. Yeah, that's it. Sweet, blood and sweet and sour all over the window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, look at, look at that guy. He definitely didn't leave a lot of nuggets uneaten. He ate those nuggets. You know he ate those nuggets, and he and he drank that Coke, right? He, you know he was driving like, God damn, why did I get diet? <laughs> He's drinking the soda <laughs> down. <laughs> oh. This was all or nothing. <laughs> Should have got a Sprite. Did you, like, 
you you watched the full video, right? You I, didn't just read a recap. Yeah, I. I, what was your impression uh, of the way he was talking? Like, was it were you was it, were you just like okay? I can tell immediately he's a sociopath because I saw yeah, people talking about the way super calm and collected. Yeah. Um, very, um, I, he seemed he seemed very unaffected before and after he did it. Um, he seemed very cold. Um, but um, it, you know, he, he was just like, I'm gonna murder that guy right there, or something to that effect. You know, I'm gonna murder that guy. Or I just found me a guy a murderer. I'm gonna murder this dude, and then. He goes, ah, as he's, like, you know, getting out of the car, like, laboring to, like, get his fat ass up. You know, you hear him kind of, like, he's just calm and collected, and he's not, his voice isn't quavering. It's not uh, shaking, uh, and, and he just murders this guy. And then he's just like, yeah, that guy's dead. And he's like, this is your fault, or something something like that, and just strolls back to his car. Yeah, it, it really affected me, too. Is there I, I any, think, uh, like, I, I know that people said, or he said maybe? That he like, oh, I killed thirteen or twelve people or something like that. Is there yeah. any evidence of that yet, or is it just like all they've said is that they're looking into that or investigating his claims to that? Because I think he gave like he was like, yeah, I shot a guy on like, you know, Smith Street, and then I shot an old lady on Bridge Street, and I think he said some shit like that, and so they're looking into it. But I don't know. We know we I, all I know for sure is he shot that poor old guy. Hmm. Yeah, the guy had Easter dinner in his bag. That's what it was. It was leftovers from Easter dinner. How fucked. How fucked. That is so fucked. <sighs> Hockey it talk? makes you think of, like, because that old guy, he was making, like, the healthy decision that day. Like, walking home. He wasn't driving. He probably just had a good time with his family. You know, like, he was enjoying Probably still had the, the fun thoughts of that. His family still thinking, like, oh, I'm glad Grandpa came by today. That was fun. Yeah, you know, and then just for no reason at all, this cunt murders him. Like it's, it's the worst kind. Of, like, there, random violence is so much more infuriating. Yeah, because there's it's, no way yeah. to make it make sense. Like, there's no reason for it. Like that and dude no could have woke up today. It. That dude could have had you know, fifteen more easters or whatever. How do you safeguard yourself from like from that? You know, like you can be like, oh yeah, I've got my my gas mask and. And I've got my bunker downstairs, and I got my shotgun if they try to come through the front door. But what do you do when some maniac just wants to murder another human being and is just out there with a handgun? There's nothing to do for that. Yeah, that's why I think that's part of why it's so awful. To that's watch. why like, terrorism is so effective. Like it, there now you can, you know, feel better about the statistics. You're more likely to get hit by lightning. I read that on the internet, so you know it's good. But. but Especially if you're flying in Florida, eh? <laughs> but you know, if you're walking a crosswalk or if you're at a gathering of people and the new thing is just to mow them down with a van, like it's just random death dealing, and that's why people hate terrorism so much because it, it, they didn't make a mistake, they didn't go down the wrong alley, they just went to work. You know, they were just living their lives yeah, yeah. the thing that um, i've been watching the west wing and one of the things that 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 dates it so much that makes it seem so dated is the lack of security and how lax security is there's a part where like i don't know some um some lobbyist woman is dating a senator and she's unhappy that he is going to vote a certain way and so she's going to she she drives her car up onto a sidewalk aggressively and like jumps out and like storms over to him and like cusses him out while secret service is around and literally drives up onto the sidewalk like perpendicularly like like she's not parallel to the sidewalk like she 
drives over the sidewalk, and the senator's like, I think you messed up your suspension. That happens today, and they have all emptied their weapons into that windshield and reloaded at least once. <laughs> at least once. It, has, it already has happened. They, they gunned that woman down in D.C. when she drove over that, uh, that barrier or whatever. Like, so, so whenever I see the security situation, it's like, yeah, that's... So you, you even, lean conservative, but when you watched what, something about West Wing, they put the Democratic ideal, uh, Democrat ideals, I should say, um, eloquently. It's convincing, sort of. Does that happen to you at all? I mean, I, obviously, look, you and I are on the same page on guns. So when I hear them talk about the, the lunacy and the craziness of, of weapons, I think they're just assholes. But there are other things, like environmental things and such, that they cover on the show, privacy, that make me feel like, you know, they're just right on this. Does that happen to you? There's, there's one scene where... Um... The uh, it's I don't know what the guy's title is, but he's he's going a little bald and his hair's curly and he's he's kind Josh of a weasel face guy. Josh Rosenthal and uh, and he's talking to his blonde assistant about tax breaks because there was a surplus that year, like like mm. um it, like I don't know fifty billion dollar surplus or something outrageous. And she's like, why don't you give that money back? That's our money. And he's like, no no no. We know how to spend it better than you do, do though. What, he, he goes, he goes. what would you spend it on? She's like, a DVD player. He's like, ha, see, there you go. He's like, we're going to spend it on this and that. And I was like, God, I wish somebody, I wish you died when they shot you. you know? <laughs> like, like and, and she even comes back with, what about the people who make the DVD players? And he's just like, ha, no, 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 social programs. We'll spend it better than you ever could. And ah. he's, like, he's like, it'll end up just going to the guys who, who the big wigs who, who own the DVD factories. Like, they'll get all the money, see? And, and it's just, there's a real, like, commie kind of New York Jewy vibe sometimes to the show. See, I'm um, with you on that issue. Uh, it was same team. I, you know, what's funny is, is we've, we supported different candidates, but we mostly line up on the same ideals. And I just wish they had a different. Uh, God damn it, they ruined it. They ruined my point. <laughs> I don't know how else to <laughs> say it. I've never watched West Wing before. Oh, no. They do okay. Sometimes, sometimes the way that they, they side on an issue, I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm with this guy. I, I like this liberal president and that he's there to do the really righteous thing that Who maybe no one it? else would do. Uh, Sheen, uh, Martin Sheen. Um, and uh, and several more people you'd recognize, and lots of like who played Youngblood. I don't know what Youngblood is. Taylor will. It's a hockey movie. Um, oh, Young Youngblood. I haven't seen that. Oh, he's real good looking. He's also in Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah. He says um, literally. Oh, Rob Lowe. Yeah, Rob yeah. Rob Lowe's yeah. in it for a while. Yeah, you got Rob Lowe in there. Um, Young, but there's a lot of people. Oh, he looks way different on this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I guess this is 1986. Jeez. I thought maybe you'd see it because it was hot. Oh, and the reparations came up one episode. They're uh, they're like they're they're putting this like they're uh, there's this black guy that they're putting up into like a position of power. I don't recall what it was, and uh, and then they discover that that he had written some blurb on on the dust cover of a book that's about reparations. And, and he starts, this black guy and one of the White House staff have, are having this conversation, and he literally says, he's like, my people are owed $1.7 trillion, <laughs> you know? And they, and they find, and, and in the end of it, he's like, yeah, I guess we kind of are. How do you want it? And he's, he's like, well, 
we can't pay cash. And he's like, we're, <laughs> like, well, maybe through affirmative, and, and he's, he comes back, well, like, well, maybe through affirmative action and scholarships, we could give your people their $1.7 trillion back. And it, it, it's just very upsetting when, when they go that far to the left that they can't. Where they, they just make so, things up. It's a little racist to put this argument forward, but, you know, hey, I, that's what I'm here for. Um, people have made solid economic arguments about how much better off the black people are here than they would have been in Africa. Now, who knows how that lays out, but it, if you just take like an average income in America or even an average income of a black guy in America and compare it to someone in like Nigeria, they probably stack up really well. Yeah. How'd you like to Not beat my diamonds, you absolutely. asshole? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you take an, an average American up against an average Nigerian the average American has so much more. Yeah, or, or uh, whatever they came from. Close. I think it was mostly the west coast of Africa, so that's, you know, that's not exactly good stuff. Yeah, well, uh, I, I don't know enough about that issue to take a side on it, per se. That does not I stop do us here on PKA. <laughs> you ought to call the west wing the left wing. Cause, mm. cause it kind of is other... the west wing. Yeah, mm. uh, good point. Maybe that's why they did that. <laughs> um but I do like the show, and I am going to keep watching. I don't know. I'm like two seasons and 11 episodes in. I found it interesting when uh, the Syrians in the show shoot down an American plane with like 58 Americans on board and kill them all. One of them's the president's buddy, and uh, they're coming up with a proportional response, and the generals are like, yeah, we'll blow up this air base or whatever the fuck. You know, the, the, Oh, these uh, radar towers. We're going to blow up these radar towers. And he's like, I don't want a proportional response. I want an unproportional response. I want, I, you know, I, I want, I want the world to know that when we over, we're going to overreact. And, and <laughs> how do you want the response? Disproportionately. <laughs> <laughs> strong man. Say. But the whole thing was like was, was bullshit to make their left wing point. They had Martin Sheen puff his chest out and become like a chicken hawk, wanting to kill some people. And then the general comes back with, "I found your target, sir. We'll blow up their main airport. Of course, the civilian casualty." Oh no. All flights in and out to the country will be crippled in the region, and the world will look at us as warmongers. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Isn't there a middle ground between attacking their main civilian airport and shooting down, shooting some radar towers that, uh, they, that they've really already, think like... the writers of that show were talking amongst themselves? Like, <laughs> hey, do you think this is a reasonable point from both sides? Can a conservative in here raise their hand? <laughs> oh, that's no one. Okay, all right. Like, no, of course not. Like, they just wrote it, and that, that was it. But I see what you mean. Like, I'm just looking at the cover here. And regardless of any political bias, this looks boring as shit. Like, I, I, this does not, like, I'm going to wait for House of Cards, and that's going to be my political show. I'm it is not <laughs> as fun as House of Cards. I, I will definitely say that. Um, I watched I don't know. I, I, recently. I, it's a good show. Yeah, I'm pretty current on that. I, I watched a, a bunch of it recently. I like it when they get into election season. They're specifically, so, um, his second term runs out, and a different guy, you know, goes for election. And I don't know how true it is, but you see, like, the relationship. Wait, West Wing right now? Or, West Wing, or, yeah, yeah. So okay. uh, you see the relationship between the president, who is Martin Sheen, and the candidates that are running and, like, where he stands. And, of course, he's always noble and perfect. And uh, the candidates trying to, like, balance their – okay, well, one guy's in the reserves, right? And he's been showing up to the reserves as is convenient for him for, like, six years. And he's trying to decide whether or not he should show up while he's campaigning, dressed in full uniform with a photo op. And, uh, you know, he's like, this might help me, this might hurt me, because it's kind of a ploy. 
And, uh, you know, he, it's not like he didn't do it. He did do it. It's just that he would miss it at times. It was inconvenient for him because he was like a senator and he could. So, uh, yeah, it, was, it was fun to watch the kind of decisions that go into how small time he was at the very beginning of his campaign. Like, it's how I imagine a guy like um, Barry. The fuck is Bernie? It? Bernie, thank you. I'm going to call him Barry Sanders from, uh, you know, he's played football for the Lions. And uh, uh, I imagine when Bernie Sanders started, he had no real crowd. You know, he was speaking to 10 people at a time. I've seen it. Yeah, like when he announces, he, when he <laughs> announced his campaign, uh -huh. um, he's like, it looks like he's in a backyard wedding um, with the, and he's not a popular guy. Um, he's standing hmm. there like like three folding chairs and a mic. And uh, I, there were literally seven people there to watch, something like that. How many and it didn't seem like there wasn't a lot of flash photography or there wasn't that big uh, uh, cornucopia of microphones in front of him sticking out in every direction from every net. None of that. It, he was just in a backyard somewhere announcing to a, a handful of people that he was going to run for president. I, I'm just thinking. Speaking of TV shows that we've uh, that you guys watched, I'm watching Walking Dead now, so I can participate and be in with it. I'm season two, episode thirteen. I started watching, how many seasons are there? Eight? Seven? Seven. seven. Okay, so I started watching it seven years ago and got through the first season and part of the second when they were at that farm until I was just like, I, I can't, I, I don't care anymore about what they're doing on this farm. And so I stopped, I guess, six years ago. <laughs> and I just got through the farm part again. I remember why I stopped watching the show. <laughs> Holy shit. It took forever and nothing happened. And the only guy, my favorite character Crossbow man, I forget his name, and Daryl, um, and Daryl and Shane were my two guys that I liked because everybody else was just going emotionally. Like Rick is Mister Fucking Indecisive, masquerading around as brave decision maker guy, and he's like, "Well, we need to, you know, we need to keep pretend, we need to keep pretending that Carl and all of us are looking in the woods for." This little girl that we know is dead. I did the accent so like that. That's about his level of consistency. He mm. is all over the goddamn place with that southern accent. And I don't know how many vowels he thinks is in quarrel, but it's one. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the thing is, season two is the worst season. Like, whenever they rank the seasons best to worst, etc., the one consistent thing, worst season two. You know, Kyle and I, I didn't like the, the latest season. Kyle liked it more, maybe because he binge-watched it and, you know, it moved along quickly for him. But uh, everyone unanimously agrees season two sucks and they never do yeah. another one that slow again. Well, then good, because I'm almost out of the woods here. But <laughs> I, I felt like I was by myself watching this show, like as far as positions for what characters people like, because Shane would go around and then like execute six zombies that were clearly a problem. And people would like be talking and whispering in the fucking dining room of this little cottage, being like, Shane's starting to scare everyone, Rick. He's freaking everybody <laughs> out, Rick. Oh. And nobody had the fucking balls to go, this needs to be done. Dude. We need Shane. We need someone who goes, that little girl is dead. And if we keep traipsing around in the woods like Little Red Riding Hood, more little girls are going to die. Well, is you, that what you want? You hey, get I want to season... learn how to shoot, Dad. No. No, this isn't a debate, you little fuck. Up in the attic with you. This is season three or four, 
They start, like, poking zombies in the eyeball through a chain-link fence with as much care as you would have maybe pulling weeds in a garden. <laughs> They're just fucking chop, 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 chop. Don't give fucks. That's, that's what they yeah. should have been doing, and Shane was the only one who was on point. Like, like the, the real problem with Shane is he needed someone to do better PR for him. I was telling Kyle and Chiz earlier today, or maybe yesterday, that if I had been there, to just help him out, like to stand next to him. And he's like, we need to get rid of all these zombies. It's, I'm going to murder them all. I'd be like, what he means to say, everyone, <laughs> is that there's a supreme threat right on our borders here, and it's absolutely remiss to allow any more time to pass before it's addressed. And they'd be like, oh, my God, you know, that's compelling. Okay, yeah, I understand what that means. And then you'd be like, all right, everybody follow Shane's lead. Shane, if you would do your best to be quiet throughout all of it, do what you will, but keep, do, 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 you know? I mean, this is a tenuous relationship we're, we're doing here. And then and then they acted like he was crazy when they found out that that old fuck had a barn full of zombies that he was keeping on a lark. And they're all yeah. like, oh, this is so disrespectful of you, Shane, to open that and, and to force him to watch his wife and, and this girl die. And it's like, no, he, he just saved all of your lives. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm blown away. Yeah, he's That's bad at what, I, I hate that part of the show. That part in, like, the first act where, like, everybody's a little confused as to the gravity of the situation, and we all need to get up to speed to, like, hardcore mode, to, like, killing mode, or whatever's required to, to, to win. In The Walking Dead... It is a process for characters to get into that mode. And, and one of the key components of the show is that by seasons four, five, six, and seven, there are fewer and fewer of the kinds of people who exhibit those annoying kind of qualities, who are like, oh, no, that's still Aunt Billy. By the time you get to season five, if you see Aunt Billy as a zombie, you, you fuck, or Uncle Billy, maybe it is Aunt Billy, you know, these days. You yeah. see Aunt Billy, <laughs> you fuck it, you know, you take him out. <laughs> her. She prefers to be called her. <laughs> I, I think. I don't know. I'm really confused. Oh, he's a zombie really now. No sense. Like, uh, blonde girl. Blonde girl causes a lot of problems. Like when she just almost killed crossbow guy. I was yep. not happy about that one bit. Because I was, I was like, Andrea. If, Andrea. If, oh. if, if crossbow guy had, oh. uh, Daryl had stood back up, <coughs> I, w I wouldn't be this far on the show. I would have been like, fuck it. No. No. Yeah. If she'd wasted Daryl right then and there, I'd have probably checked out too. She is shit. She, she is, is the worst character. She's terrible. Um, Michonne is going to exhibit most of her like comic Andrea, book qualities or, for the show and be the cool bit, cool chick. Andrea, Andrea, whatever, is awesome. She is by far the best chick in the comics. In yeah. the show, I, I think she was just miscast. This woman is unlikable. If she was here in real life, I wouldn't let her come to my cookout. She just... <laughs> Like something about her rubs me the wrong way. I, I, every second that I see her on screen, I don't enjoy her company. And um, that's, yeah, I that's agree. Who she is. I don't like it either. She is a little bit above her and old guy who owns the farm and had the Herschel. barn full of zombies. Her and Herschel are up there for two people I've wanted dead since I saw them first. Herschel's gonna get up to speed. Just, just give him a little time. He needs to see what's up. Yeah. I can tell he's coming around to the good side as he's mm -hmm. like. You know, I thought the Lord had different plans when he said he was going to resurrect the dead. And it's like, dude, this isn't week one of this shit. You should have all the tears out. If I if I were a zombie killer like this, 
like, and, and it's fucking year two, and I see someone oh, no. kill a zombie and then go, <laughs> into its head, I'm going to go, you're a bitch. You're a bitch, <laughs> and you should know better by now. That is day one zombie uh, behavior right there. You look what like a weak see, pussy when you're, when you're just going at it like that, like, and you're getting blood all over the place. No one's wearing a mask. Like, oh, I'd be so much more careful. So, Taylor, what if you do this like behavior on day apocalypse yeah taylor what if you do this behavior on day one right and it turns out this isn't a zombie apocalypse and this person is just on xanax or something right or what's the one that helps you sleep xanax i think uh yeah, if, you, if you wake up in the middle of the night then it, you're like drugged uh -oh. oh ambien ambien right what if what if taylor's like Clearly, this is a zombie apocalypse. These people are acting really fucked up. And he murders them because he's quick to get on the murder train. And it turns out, like, there's a couple people on Ambien and he jumped the gun. No, no, no. I'm never going to be the one storming that beach. <laughs> and if I did kill someone I thought was a zombie on Ambien and the police came and there was someone on Ambien in my living room with blood all over the place and an axe in their head... It would look so much worse if instead of an axe embedded in their head, there was just a pulpy mess where a head used to be. And it was mm. like, so you didn't hit him once or even a dozen times by my reckoning. <laughs> it looks like, you know, there's a hole in your floor. Like, uh, you know, like you've gone right through the floorboards here. Like, like that would look definitely worse. But yeah, I just don't like the, the jumping on top of the zombies after it's already dead. Like it, it, it seems reckless. I wouldn't yeah. do it. I don't know why it bothers me so much. It bothers me. You know why it bothers me? It's because it's one of those things that you can tell in a show that only exists in a show. That would literally never happen in real yeah. life. No one would hit a zombie with a spiked bat and then straddle it and go, like that. Nope. Like some idiot. Like, yeah. no, you hit it once and then you take a few... You know You know all that that zombie apocalypse needed is a... Is, Fucking half an hour of cardio a day for the whole group. Get everybody <laughs> a nice pickaxe, and what you do is you have a line, like you're doing sports, and you run forward, everybody hits one. Hit one, and you fucking book it back. You sprint back. The next li yeah. line, line runs up. Everybody hits one. You don't you don't stick around. You don't fucks around. You don't go, I'm going for three in a row. No, you run back. And then the next people run it. It's I funny you should mention that by, uh, by, like, in the comics, by what will be, like, season eight or nine, they have that down. They're like they're like standing in a formation, and they're like they they count to five, and and each count is a step that you take forward into the group, and it's like one swing, two swing, three swing, four swing, five, and then they run back, and then they repeat. Over what are they over. doing as that's happening? They're like, this is great. But, Someone should have invented this thousands of years ago. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, if you give yeah. it a little time, it's weird to me that. No one ever seems to be trying to kill all the zombies. For some reason, like, picking up the trash is not a mission on this show in the slightest. Instead, they have, like, walls, like, big chain link fences. At, at one point, I'm going to spoil it for you. At one point, they spend time near a prison. So there's, like, a 24-foot chain link fence. And, uh, you know, they should just be routinely, like, taking out the trash. Low-risk zombie murders. But they don't do it. Yeah, that's another silly thing. Like, and you, and the, the argument would probably be like, "Well, there's just so many." It's like, yeah, but as you're getting into year three, a lot of those things you would think have just kind of exploded out in the sun like a rotten. You're not gonna get that though. The, the thing with the show is that <coughs> to keep this thing going. Like, those zombies should have rotted apart 
a long time ago, right? Like, because we know what's... I don't know if you've ever seen a fucking corpse decompose or, like, a dead animal or something, but they, they fucking dissolve pretty quick. There'd be maggots in those things, birds landing on their shoulders, pecking them. They'd be gone. The, the coyotes would get them. Like, it'd just be game over for the yeah. zombies eventually by year three, right? But you were talking about, like, straddling a zombie. They're always bashing these things with, like, full-grown man force to the skull. When we... You know all it would take is a little womp, right? And and blood and viscera is just splattering everywhere. And no one has ever, ever gotten sick from some zombie goo getting in their eyeball. That's what I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I would have goggles on, a full face shield, like the whole nine. But they don't care. They're constantly... And they'll be, like, in... They'll be in, like, zombie killing mode. And some dummy in their group will go into frenzy mode and, like, run deep into the... They'll be back. And they're, you know, almost cutting each other with them and stuff. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it doesn't make like any sense. The, the, the preponderance of bashing weapons and cleaving weapons as opposed to piercing weapons seems like a major oversight. Yeah, you need a lance. You need a lance and a shield like the fucking Spartans had, right? Like, imagine if you had, like, a four-foot-tall shield that, that would go to the ground. And that shield was, like, bronze, like the, you know, the Greeks had, and it weighed... 45 pounds and then you had an eight foot long lance and you and 12 other guys could fucking get in a phalanx and fucking Dude, give me some hard hearts some nice boots and like seven coats and like, a hockey, <laughs> like a goalie helmet for hockey and then give me a spear and just give me literally all day and and a frozen pond. That's, that's what you need. You a frozen pond and just your just your hockey gear and a special <laughs> stick that's a blade. And you're you're just fucking skating around, and around there, tripping them, fucking slashing. <laughs> That'd be great. Decapitation. a really good approach. If you lived like an Inuit where you had like an ice <laughs> hole for fishing and you had your tent and then skates and then anytime zombies come out they can't get to you and if they do you just skate over. Quick puncture move. To the head. You're not swinging your hockey stick like an asshole. You're just sharpening the end and you're going, popping them right in the eye. That's it. Yeah. We would survive so much longer. I guarantee it, guys. <laughs> oh, so well, the other people That's are the why challenge. It's nice when the early seasons are over and the problem is no longer zombies, it's people. Because we can all relate to how dangerous people can be. Like, we know it's true. And now it's more like a warlord yeah, situation. Uh, it, 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 it sort of it feels a lot like. I don't like know. Mad like, Max almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly like Mad Max. Yeah, the, like, like to what Woody was saying, like the actual people are the really scary part now. And I like that evolution that it's kind of taking. I'm sure it'll do it more and more and more as more zombies yeah. die and more people form clans or whatever. Yeah, but and, like in Rick's like, defense, because I did say I didn't like him that much at first, like when I started liking Rick is when he went to that bar for Herschel. Herschel was being a, a negative Nancy. And, and those two uh, uh, people from Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or somewhere, Boston, I don't know, show up. And they're being all smarmy. And I wanted them dead right away. And I was so happy when he did, like, the and just blew them Which both. Guy, like, blew that one guy's guy head off. Turns around, kills the guy behind him. And fucking, yeah, it, was, it was real that was slick. Sick. I liked that yeah. because then I was like, okay, I, I, when this guy gets his head on straight, he's going to be a, a, an asset. Like, yes. <laughs> Every now and then, Rick goes into like Hulk mode, you know, like like, like Hulkamania. Yes, Rick goes into Hulkamania, a, 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 a condition in which he is invulnerable. Um, <laughs> he into Hulkmania every time, Rick Mania or something like that. And those are fun moments. Um, you're just kind of waiting for that to happen, for shit to get so bad that Rick <laughs> just 
Rick just gets all teary-eyed and shaky, and then he just, he's like, time to kill! And he starts killing people and doing awful things to people. It's great. And, and when he's getting, like, hyped up for some shit they've got to do, that's good. There's a point where they're all being held prisoner, and he's like, they're going to be real upset when they find out. And they're like, find out. Or, or, or what does he, he say? Oh, when they find out the mistake they're made, and they're like, what are they, what are you talking about? Like, and he turns around with the camera. He's like, they're fucking with the wrong people. And then like like that that's the end of the the episode. He, he's he's a good leader. It, it's fun to see Rick get everybody pumped up and uh, lead by example by you know like biting a jugular out or headbutting somebody and killing them with a hatchet or something awful like I'm that. Looking forward to Neeson or Neelan, whatever the hell his name is. Neelan. Negan. Who? Negan. Negan. I mean, I, I don't know enough about the show to even get the name wrong. I'm, I, I got the, the letter right. So whenever Negan comes in, is there another... It won't give it away because every show has this, but are there some good bad guys before then? Or is the, the trip uh, of bad guys kind of lackluster until you get to him? No, there's, there's other boss characters who are pretty good too. Yeah. That's good. Because the way you guys described him, I like it. He seemed like an interesting adversary. Yeah. He's got personality. Um, that that's the and delivery and charisma, you know, and you could tell that like he, he kind of exudes them as he walks. They're just kind of oozing out of him. He gets to their gate, and you just see his the shadow of him through silhouette because the gate also has tarp on it. And he's like, he's got the bat on his shoulder. He's like, little piggy, little piggy, let me in. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great. He's got he's he's got style. It's, it's he has lines that I think are hard to deliver. Like coming from a lot of people, they might be stupid, but he does it well. It's cool. Yeah, I, yeah. It's uh, when Taylor. he's on screen, you don't. <clears throat> I, I, he is my favorite character now. I like him uh, more than anyone. When he's on the screen, the fucking show is on. It's like, oh, Negan's on. It sometimes it's these like moments where you feel sick to your stomach and your heart's beating. Sometimes you're laughing and like, this is the funniest guy in the fucking show. This guy has better jokes than anybody. He's the only one who has maintained his fucking sense of humor in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> so this guy's he's like jokes. a, a Ramsey kind of guy of yeah. when every time he's on screen, you're like, oh, got to oh, track this. Ramsey is just evil, right? Negan is not evil. He would not hurt. He's not a sociopath. He won't cause pain because he enjoys it. He causes pain because he feels it's necessary for this iron fist rule that's going to get mankind on to the future. He's not evil, yeah, though. Ramsey he is just a psychopath. Yeah, he's a yeah, warlord. Really inflicting pain and controlling people. And he's a, he's a <clears throat> sadistic. Ramsey likes power a lot, too. But it seems like Ramsey uses his seeking for power almost to like make the tail wag the dog so that he can go back and be like, oh, and to get there, I need to torture 60 people. So right. Lord, yeah, Ram, Lord Bolton doesn't make a lot of sense. We got a big battle to fight. We could use these guys. No, 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 no. <laughs> I need to do this. My dick uh, cabinet's getting empty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, there are better bad guys, and uh, there are some bad guys where it's not like it's not that their leader is intimidating. It's just that what they do is intimidating. Like their whole way of life is scary, or like you know, it, it's. It's a good show. It has low moments for sure where it's, I feel like, you know, it could, it could benefit from some super fan going back and editing seven seasons. If you took seven seasons and cut 10 hours of lame shit out, I bet it would, it would feel really slick and smooth and exciting. Um, but it I, is I honestly what feel like I could have skipped this season with the farm and, yes. and jumped right into season three and I wouldn't have yes. missed much because now they're just, because they started the season not at the farm and now they're ending the season not at the farm. 
and nothing's happened other than a couple of characters I don't care about died. Exactly. That's why I tell people, look, go watch the first Should season. Skip your episodes. No. You watch the first season, and then you get on YouTube, and you just search, like, Walking Dead Season 2 Recap. And in, like, five minutes, you get all of Season so, 2 absorbed and none of the horseshit. But he's 13 episodes into Season 2 now. He might as well finish it out. And uh, yeah, plus the last, yeah, sure. the, the end yeah. of season two is actually pretty good, which you've been waiting for all season goes down. And then That's right. come season three, they took the feedback from two and they're like, oh, you need action? Well, shit. Let's, let's whip out the turbocharger and get this shit cooking because season three yeah. cooks. So so that's cool. Taylor? I, yeah. Are you familiar oh, with um, the Muhammad Ali, George Foreman fight? Oh. Gosh. Lost you there. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Muhammad Ali-George Foreman fight back in the day? I'm not familiar with it. No. Let I me lay it out for you I don't know what happened. a little bit. So so the way that this goes down is uh, George Foreman is a big, bad man. He hits super hard, and it's super hard to take. He can take a punch unlike most heavyweights. and He's, he's, he's a monster. And everyone's wondering if Foreman is going to be the man that just, you know, Takes a hot Muhammad Ali down a peg. Foreman beats the fuck out of Muhammad Ali for like six or seven rounds. He's way ahead on every judge's card, and he's just slaughtering him. And Muhammad Ali, on the other hand, is just getting beat up, taking defense, defense, ducking, jiving, etc. And then in the eighth round, George Foreman got tired. And Muhammad Ali is like, aha, this is a bad place to get tired. And Muhammad Ali knocks out George Foreman in the eighth round. This is exactly how I see the Columbus versus Pittsburgh series playing out, right? That Pittsburgh is just winning game after game, exhausting themselves, quite frankly. And uh, I, I think that uh, Columbus is about to turn this around and they'll show Sidney Crosby that he truly doesn't have what it takes to be successful at the NHL level. Yeah, I just uh, that I, hit. I, I linked something from the Pens Blue Jacket series. They they have not been getting along well. <laughs> the playoffs get pretty intense, but uh, yeah, he cross checks the guy in the Penguins so hard his stick breaks, and then that's not enough for Mister <laughs> Class Act Matt Calvert. He has to shoulder him in the side of the head right after that. But I want Columbus to win this series oh, so much. Guaranteed. But Guaranteed to your money back. I really hope they win it. I don't think they can because three (laughs) games to none is a big thing to do against the the reigning champs. It takes four. It does. It takes four. (laughs) And the Blues play, like, uh, they play tomorrow night and could sweep the Minnesota Wild. I don't think it will. The only one of these series that I think will be a sweep is the Ducks over the Flames. Because there are four series right now that could be a sweep. Nobody thought any would be sweeps. The Blues are up three to nothing over Minnesota. The Ducks are up three to nothing over Calgary. The uh, Nashville Predators are up three to nothing over Chicago. Woo hoo! And uh, the some other fucking one. I don't remember the other one, but three of them there. I think I think the Blues can win in, in five or six, and I think the Predators are going to win in five or six. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty happy. See in Chicago struggling so fucking hard right now. It's great. They didn't score a goal until the third game, which is nice because they're not doing well. Kyle has been watching, you know, and getting pretty frustrated with it, you know, 
Yeah. Obviously. De- I feel like their defense is lazy. They're, they've just not been that good. And oh. Ranked as the worst goalie of the NHL playoffs going into it, has saved 114 out of 117 shots so far in three games. 97% save percentage. That's very good. That's an A plus. That <laughs> by by grading standards. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would. Uh, I, I still don't feel confident enough in the Blues to say I'm for sure they'll win because we've been reverse swept before and that sucks, Dick. But. <laughs> That's oh, my favorite God. part. I've never really known a blues fan until you. So, uh, so you're my blues fan representative. It is interesting to see a guy up 3 nothing and say, ah, yeah, we're probably going to lose. I don't know. No, no, We've been reverse we'll swept before. Win. It doesn't look good. Yeah, it was very risky. Very risky. <laughs> this could go anyway, right? Your team, <laughs> since you traded that guy, has been had like the best offense. You're like number one in a bunch of categories since February. Like you're the number one or two statistically yeah. in a lot of really important yeah, things. Blues. I lost you there for a sec. Oh, I'm sorry. But, I, I was reading it this morning and I wish I could recall all the categories, but there were like 11 of them and they were important things like, you know, whatever, uh, plus minus for the team or things like that. Well, you were number one or two in the league since like February. Like it's not some tiny little sample size. And I'm like, holy smokes, like down the backstretch, backstretch, the Blues have been the best team in hockey, arguably. Yeah, and, uh, yeah they were real good the last part of the season after we traded Shattenkirk. Yeah, so now you enter the playoffs, and you're one game from sweeping a, a strong Minnesota team. Yeah. And I listen to you, and you're like, ah, yeah, we're probably going to lose. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not the series. I know I you didn't think, say that. I don't think we're probably going to lose, but I, I never – count my chickens until they're hatched because I was I was convinced in 2013 against the Kings when we won two in a row I'm like all right statistically they're probably not going to win this and then they won four in a row and we got knocked out the next year we won the first two against Chicago in 2014 they won four in a row and knocked us out and so to me this is still risky business a little bit like we like I really hope that we can pull it off in game four so we're not as tired going into the next round. But, man, I'm, I'm pretty afraid of Nashville right now because they look fucking good. So does St. Louis. Well, I actually, St. Louis looks very good, too. St. Louis, you know, like I just talked about how dominant they've been for the second half of the year. You're winning close game after close game. And I'm trying to think, who just did that that I was pulling for? Um, oh, UNC. UNC uh, in college basketball. If you didn't follow that much. They would have these, like, ugly, come-from-behind wins. They're blowing big leads. You know, they're, they're like, even against teams, they were supposed to be smashing, like a one versus, I'll make it up, like, 11 seed. You know, it's like, this isn't the, this, this doesn't look like a one versus 11 seed. They, they, they won by three points or, or something. And uh, they just kept winning ugly. They kept winning close. I mean, the Blues are winning close ones. Yeah, because part of the reason I think we're we're having. Some... Sorry, I lost you again. The, 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 I'll, I'll just go run for a second. The Blues are losing, or I'm sorry, winning close ones, but they're getting outshot by crazy. Like, like I, I'm gonna make it up. It's something like 114 to 72. Like that might actually be it. Like that's how much you're getting outshot by over the three games. And uh, I don't know. You know what you call a team who keeps winning close games? Champions. 
Yeah, that's true. Like we're we're looking good in that regard. Something that is encouraging is we've done all of this without our best center. And so we basically part of the reason that Minnesota's getting so many more shots than us is because they know that they have better centers. Like and so they if they're coming up the side, they're they're getting a lot of low risk shots because they don't need to worry. They just, you know, you get on the side of the net, throw it at Jake Allen, he'll cover the rebound, and then you get a face off, and what do you know? You're probably going to win it because they've won like 75% of the face-offs this series, which if you don't know anything about hockey is fucking bananas. Like that, that is an overwhelming amount for them to have won because the only guy on our team who can win face-offs, Paul Stasny, is out with some leg thing, but he's day-to-day now. And so if he does come back before the end of this series, I'm incredibly confident because like, and that's part of the reason the Blues haven't been taking a lot of shots and setting up more because if the Blues take a low-risk shot, and uh, their goalie uh, covers it up, then we have to take a face-off, and more than likely we're going to lose possession, and they'll get to break it out. And so they're really trying to set up those perfect shots. And another thing that's encouraging is we're winning these games, and Tarasenko still only has assists. He hasn't even scored yet. Our best player hasn't even put one up. Mm -hmm. And so it's only a matter of time with that dude because he has the highest percentage of goals per playoff game of any player in the NHL right now. The um, uh, Oh, oh, if I'm your coach... I don't think I put him in kind of wounded. I, I think I might win game four and let him, you know, and then give him, like, give that injury whatever it is a whole week to rest. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, what I would do is, like, not no need to rush it for tomorrow, but if we lose tomorrow and he's okay for game five, then I, I say bring him back. But I could see that. I don't know. Minnesota, I, I, I go to the Minnesota Wild. Every time hockey playoffs are around, I always go to all the different team subreddits. And, man, the Minnesota Wild subreddit is on suicide watch right now because apparently 0% of them thought that the Blues might sweep them in this series because they're – and I love the rationale that you see of, like, sour grapes and stuff where it's like, we're clearly the better team, but we're just playing bad. I read that quite a bit on the Chicago yes. Blackhawks subreddit, and I was like, wait, you're, you're that confident that you're the better team than the Nashville Predators? You haven't. You didn't score a goal for two whole games against them, and then you took a two goal lead, and they came back and whooped your ass in overtime. Like it, it, to me, it's looking like these are pretty close teams. It, it's and, like the only category yeah. the Minnesota Wild are doing worse in is goals. Yeah, I'll admit yeah, that's a big thing, one. Oh, and uh, blocked shots and yeah. takeaways and giveaways. Oh, that's a thing. If you count um, shots that went wide or got blocked. The, the shot differential gets even worse. Apparently, oh, yeah. your defense is standing on their heads, too. Yeah, Yao's uh, our coach, or not Yao, Yo. I, mean, I want to say Yao, but he's not Asian, so it's Yo. And Coach Yo, his system has uh, defensemen basically being like mini goalies, like blocking shots like crazy. And really just, because our old coach used to have a system where it was, you know, more traditional North and South style dump it in kind of hockey. <laughs> And he does way more of like a, they're going to get way more shots on you, but we're going to make sure those shots are coming from the outside. Uh, we're not going to, mm. you know, let any high-risk stuff through for the most part. And they've been doing great with that so far. So anyway. I've got high hopes, but I also am anticipating the worst. I think that anyone who knows hockey understands that St. Louis and Columbus are in a pretty good spot right now. So, yes, <laughs> St. Louis three to nothing, and Columbus zero to three. Like they're, you know, two sides of that same coin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident 
Pittsburgh's going to win. I hope they did don't. You see, uh, and... Did you see the basketball player Isaiah Thomas? Uh, his do- his sister uh, was killed in a car accident, You know, and they're in the playoffs right now playing. And he's, he's, on, the, he's on the bench crying before the game. Wait. And, uh, of course. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. There's another <laughs> famous person who killed their daughter, and I got him mixed up. <laughs> and uh, what's his name? Is it Charles Barkley? Yeah, Barkley, who's always kind of like, you can tell he's, he's really homophobic. Um, and, and I don't use that word like lightly. He's literally afraid of gay people. <laughs> he's afraid of them. They frighten him. Um, he was like, you know, just watching him right there crying on the sidelines, that, that made me uncomfortable. It, it just made me uncomfortable that he's doing that, and I don't like to see that, and, and I'm just uncomfortable. I, I, he should not be there crying. I, I don't <laughs> like to see that grown man there uh, on the sidelines crying. Crying like that. I, well, it's that not about you, Charles. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, he's and he, he's like clearly he is not ready to play. And then I think he went out and dropped like thirty four points. They they fucking lost, but oh, but that's guy. a good game. Yeah, that's I, I, yeah, that sucks. Uh, I like Charles Barkley because because he just doesn't give a fuck and he's super super non politically correct. There's a and, and and there's a couple of black guys that are that way. Um, the guy who gave the uh, the Miss America results incorrectly, he's like Steve that as well. Harvey. You always hear him going off at at the mouth with some super conservative anti-gay stuff, or uh, you know, some stuff about how a man ought to be uh, that's sexist or something like that. Yeah, I don't agree with his positions, so I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, of course not. No, don't agree with him, but it's fun to. Watch I don't him like talk. him because I don't care for basketball. <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem there. yeah hmm. no, I'm sure basketball is I, I bet I would watch it some if it wasn't at the same time as hockey maybe I just probably. I don't know I, I, maybe not yeah because there's anytime where there's that much scoring in a sport it, it takes it makes me not excited when you do score and makes me disappointed when you don't score I I know a lot about basketball, and I'm pretty sure the Sixers would win this year had they made the playoffs. (laughs) The Sixers—they were the worst team in the league last year, weren't they? Uh, yeah. Are you familiar with the process and that whole thing? The process of yeah, Yeah, they're losing on purpose so that they oh they're tanking. Not this year, but yeah, they were not just tanking. They tanked for like three years. They trade away good players for picks and. And just in like, but a lot of teams, you know, maybe halfway or two thirds of the season realize they'd be better off tanking. The Sixers will enter the season thinking we're going to lose as many as possible and, and increase our odds for a lottery pick. They did that for a couple of years and now they are loaded with some young, encouraging talent um, and some pretty great draft possibilities uh, in the upcoming years. So it's, that's the smart thing. You have to do it. Like you kind of have to tank if you want to be a team. Like you have to realize, like, all right, our windows closed. Sell all our assets. We're gonna be bad for a while. Like the Avalanche did that this year, and they didn't even try to tank. They tried to make the playoffs, and they lost fifty-five games this year. They lost more games than they got points. They had the worst season since the Atlanta Thrashers in two thousand one. Or something, and like it wasn't in like two years ago. Like two years ago, two years ago, there was like an actual thing where people were a little bit mad at Buffalo because if like Buffalo was literally like someone on their team would start doing well and it'd be like, oh, you know, four goals for fucking Rantanen or whatever in the last four games, and they're like, what's he doing? 
Get him out of here. Trade him. <laughs> Who wants to trade for this guy? Who wants to trade for him? Anybody, anybody. This guy scores a lot of goals. We don't want him. And they chip everybody <laughs> off. They had a better season significantly than the Avalanche this year, who were like, oh, Jesus, guys. Like, just go out there and we got to do something, you know? Like, <laughs> like, it's getting embarrassing out there. The guy is like, nobody got to try or something like they, they they did their best and they still there's some suck, pretty good so. beer leagues around here you know <laughs> let's get creative <laughs> i know i think i've already talked about it a couple times but but have you woody have you seen that little dicky rap video called pillow talk um i have hey did my camera just freeze for you it did i know how to yeah. fix it um i did i didn't I, like i liked it fine you think it was that great i i didn't watch it with the same sort of like you know wow, this is cool that, that you did. I, I was like, this. the pacing on this could be better. Um, it's not really musical. But that was my takeaway. <laughs> I fucking dug it. I, I loved it. Um, that CGI is crazy. Uh, I like when the brain comes out. That, that's hilarious. Um, all that stuff. I thought that was a cool video. And, and I really like it. Like, after, like, I like watching the Save That Money video and then watching the Pillow Talk video because Save That Money, he's literally begging, borrowing, stealing, whatever he can do to make this thing cheap and, like, cost nothing to do. Um, and, and then this video costs, like, $700,000 to make or something like that. Who's it's got all those special effects it? and John C. Riley and. How did he get seven hundred grand for a music video? I think he's very rich. Little Dicky? Yeah, he's, he's a successful guy now. Yeah, oh, yeah. But that's yeah. really successful. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure it's it's not him writing the check. I'm sure it's whatever label he's with doing it, but that's that's still really impressive for a guy who started on YouTube, right? He Justin Bieber on started right? on YouTube. That's true. Justin Bieber started on YouTube. He was the first guy to go, like, bananas off YouTube, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, yeah. YouTube is – so um, do you know Gary Vanderchuk? Nope. No. He could possibly be Jerry Vanderchuk, but I think it's Gary. And – um. He's this like social media expert. What he does is he basically consults people about like how to buy Facebook ads, how to do SEO, um, which things are paying, like you know, giving good rewards, etc. Anyway, um, I've been listening to his audiobook, and he was saying stuff about YouTube that was blowing my mind, like the importance of influencers. Uh, the he's he's so bullish on Snapchat. I'm not really in the Snapchat world. Like I'm I'm just so outside that demo. Dads aren't on Snapchat yet. And he's like, there are Snapchat stars. You know, you're listening to this book. You're 40 years old, and you don't know who, like, you know, Johnny Quest is. I made that up. That's a real person, Johnny Lewis. Yeah. And uh, um, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know who that is. He's like, but if you're a 14 year old, that is a household name. Everybody yeah. knows this person yeah. on Snapchat. This and then he's like, you can't find someone. It looks like you guys might have froze. Um, like every, that, that was kind of one of the main premises is that everybody was an influence. Uh, did I freeze too? Am yeah, I, we get disconnected for a second. Um, but like he, he's saying uh, on um, – <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. Fucking yeah, Haji over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he's saying uh, on YouTube, YouTube, he's like, you know, you can't find a person who's like 12 or under who actually watches TV. He's like maybe Netflix, but television is just dead for those guys. And in six yes. years, it will be 18 and under. And it's like, wow, you know, like you, that, it won't be long before television is super dead. Like, oh, it, it's going to be way faster than you think, because like, really, even me, I don't like traditional television and I'm, you know, 25, 26. And I, it's because that whole thing of 
watch this at this time, tune in at nine, check it out. Otherwise, good luck. You know, you have to wait till the next hour to replay it. Like, people are done watching entertainment on other people's schedules. They're done with it. People are like, no, I'm going to watch this show when I want and how I want. I don't want to commercials. Commercials are terrible. And shows that are faked around are terrible. Um, And when I'm the the time when I get exposed to regular programming in a hotel, and at first I'll be like, ooh, regular TV. Let's turn on the Discovery Channel or or whatever I'm doing. And it's just like, ugh, this is bullshit. Like, like, okay, in two hours, there will be 45 minutes. It's usually like, okay, I'll wait two hours and there'll be 42 minutes of something I'm interested in, interspliced with 18 minutes of commercials, and then nothing else. Like, like that's that's my night now. Whereas it, with Netflix, it's like, all right, or with, you know, what I have, it's like, all right, I'm going to watch YouTube for 45 minutes and that will guide me to the movie that I want to watch. I'm just going to yeah. watch movie reviews for 45 minutes, hmm. which will be entertaining as fuck. And then I'll watch a cool movie that I know about. And then you'll start a movie or TV show at 10.06 p.m. You know, you didn't have to rush home or do anything. Like, it's really, I think, even more than commercials, it's the scheduling aspect of people are done with being like, oh, I'm waiting until 7 to watch my show, my programs, my stories. Like, no, nobody my age or younger, or even Kyle, you don't do it either. Like, most people just don't anymore. Yeah. The only show I think that any of us have a schedule around is Game of Thrones. That's it. Yeah. I've been in this hotel room for four days. I haven't turned on the TV yet. I'm about ready to steal that plug. I think the plug it's plugged into is more interesting to me than the television. <laughs> yeah, because if you're like, oh, I'm kind of bored. I think I'll, uh, uh, I can take my chances on the TV. Or I'll just plug in my computer for the shirt thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Use my laptop and watch what show I know I want to watch. Yeah, I um, I forget. I, I, I saw a YouTube sidebar. You know, like you watch a video on the one next to you. I'm like, oh, my God. Like three of my favorite people have uploaded a total of four videos. You know, if it wasn't for this, I'd have been watching videos. I'm I'm queued up for hours. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I take my Amazon Fire with me everywhere I travel to. Like when we went to Colorado, I was like, now we got my shit. Like you know, <laughs> we've got all of my shit now. Like like I don't care what. Whenever I'm looking at like a uh, an Airbnb or a rental property or whatever to stay at, I don't care if you got satellite TV or not. Like like it's just completely irrelevant. I don't want to watch that shit. Mm. Yeah, so it, it, I, I wonder, I don't know, advertisers are going to start headed to these social media places. Right now, they're very cheap, right? Television doesn't pay off that well because uh, the ads are expensive and you don't hit the right target demo. They don't have it all nailed. Heck, Taylor knows more about this than me. I've just been audiobooking it. But, uh, you know, you can land on a an influencer who has exactly the audience that you're looking for. And apparently, that's where everything will go. Yep. Yeah, online is uh, TV can't stop the internet. You, you're 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 losing this battle. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Donald Trump hasn't had his say yet. Oh. That, we'll it, see after tomorrow's episode of Fox and Friends. We'll see what he thinks. You know, didn't he just say he had something big to talk? Oh, they were going to talk about North Korea tonight. Did you guys catch it? It was supposed to be today, like three hours ago. No, I haven't. I haven't heard heard any, maybe it, it probably hasn't happened yet. I haven't heard anything about it. I heard. Yeah, Pence. I following news today. I was out. I heard Pence talking, and I actually didn't mind what he said. I, I, okay, I should, I should be more unbiased. I liked what he said. He, he, he was like, he said it like this. He's like, don't push Donald Trump. He's like, you know, the, the era of patience has come and gone, and I'm going to paraphrase now, but he's like, if you fuck with Trump, shit will go down. 
You know, th- this isn't Obama anymore where you can run your mouth and launch your missiles and expect us to look the other way. Yeah. They're talking about going out into the Sea of Japan and using his missiles for target practice. <laughs> yeah. Really? We're not spray painting additional red lines. Like, no, this one. Actually, no, that was a fake one. No, this one. Like, <laughs> no, he's for real. It'll be interesting to see where this goes. It, it, it could go real bad. Um, yeah. Of course, I, you I, know, I what Penn said could also be just a negotiating tactic too you know where they don't really sure. want to do anything they just puff up their chest i you don't know but Trump does not like to appear weak um you, you can see mr president what do you want to do they, they they step their toe over your line kill them all kill them all big craters i don't, uh, don't want to get it huge craters i prefer get with north korea with i prefer trump the candidate millions of people Trump the candidate was like, why are we going into Syria? Why are we going here? Why are we the world policemen? We spend all this money, etc. Trump the president, well, he hasn't done anything big yet. But he appears to be interested in, I don't know, fixing everything around the world. Well, he's yeah. definitely focused on North Korea and, uh, and Syria. He, did, he didn't like that chemical thing. Um, and he, uh, he appears to not like uh, all that stuff that's going on in, uh, with North Korea. They were talking about how many artillery pieces, because that's the real threat that, uh, that uh, North Korea has pointed at Seoul. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an outrageous amount. It's, it's tens like 20, of thousands. Yeah, it's like 25,000, 35,000 artillery pieces you know, manned by a couple of guys pointed at it. Um, and they said there's like a six-minute window between the time that we would do like a preemptive strike and the time that they could all start shooting at Seoul, yeah. South Korea. And that when they run war games, most of the time they can't hit fucking 30,000 artillery pieces in six minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... Yeah. That seems yeah, like I a mean, bad tactic. So much. Like, remember when we went for Hiroshima and we did it because Tokyo was already busted up? Yeah. Right? Are they all... 20,000 at one city? Like... There's other cities, I'm sure. You know, oh, no. But see, it's very close. It's like 30 miles away from the border or something. Like, like within artillery fire range, because, you know, it's just a big gun shooting a shell. And it's their capital. Yeah. And their artillery isn't really long-range capable. They kind of have to pick a close that. target, is my understanding. Maybe right. It seems much. like every time they have a test, it's like North Korea tests new rocket, and that's trending on Twitter for like three minutes, and it's like hilarious failure, the Korean idiot. <laughs> I was reading a that perhaps we tampered with that missile uh, electronically and made it fail, the most recent one. Well, I hope we continue to tamper with all their nonsense missiles and make them fail. Like the fact that even China is a. Uh, it's kind of like, oh, you're getting a little out of, con- out of control here is, I don't know, should be a wake-up call. It's going to be cool to see what eventually happens when that collapses and, like, when those tens of millions of people get to go free and, like, experience the world. There's going to be some real cool documentaries. If they do. If they I, do. I, I, there's a cool YouTube video of, like, a North Korean eating, like, some see? big barbecue meal. Yeah, that, that's pretty funny. Yeah. It's interesting. Oh, so much food. Yeah, of course. Like, like – I. I like seeing that. I like seeing culture shock. Um, it's always been really entertaining when people come come to like Georgia from uh, whether it's whether it's some uh, country like I don't know some some European country where they, there's no guns, or whether it's some fucking California where there's almost uh, no guns, uh, and, and to see their you know like WalMarts have you know rifles and shotguns and, and stuff, they they see the ammunition just on the shelf like it's bread. Um, yeah. you know that that blows their mind. They're always blown away by that. They sell guns at stores. As a matter of fact, they do. 
that's where Indeed. we get all of our stuff. Yep, yeah, they, they're, also, they're blown away by drive-through ammo and liquor stores. Yes. I think that's just freedom incarnate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the drive-through liquor store. In in uh, the, there's they got a thing in Kentucky called Liquor Barn, and it looks like an old red barn, but the barn doors are just swung wide open in the center, and you drive right through the center of this thing with like drink coolers lining either side, and you just you can fucking like you don't even have to get out of your car if you don't want to. You can just be like, give me a six pack of Bud. If it's something simple like that, don't rig your ass up and you just keep on rolling. And even in my little town, there's a liquor store that has a drive-through window. You just go to the window and fucking give me whatever liquor, beer, and Anytime do it all. Anytime I window. go to one of those states like uh, Idaho or Colorado or Utah, where like you go into a grocery store and you want to go down the beer aisle and there's no beer, or like you go to a gas station and there's no beer and liquor section, I always just am like, ah, oh, fascists! Like <laughs> yeah. these these people. Like, you can't do that. You can't be like, hey, all the liquor we sell here is government-run. It's all government-run at government prices. You want to open a liquor store? Fuck off. Like, I, I don't like that at all. Yeah, it's like it's Vermont fun. or New Hampshire or somewhere like that, where it's all, like, state-run liquor stores, I think, maybe. There's a lot maybe. of places like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was bizarre to me, that, like, the state has a monopoly, it seemed, or, like, on the on the liquor business there. That seemed a little fucked. Um, and in Georgia, you know, we've got a lot of dry counties, and we've got a lot of like, you know, there's like no beer on beer sales on Sunday. Um, most gas stations only have beer and wine. Um, you know, liquors liquors at the liquor store. Um, so yeah, I'm always fascinated when I go somewhere and it's like Captain Morgan's and Absolute Vodka at uh, the uh, gas station. Yeah, you want to wrap? Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess that's it. Painkiller nearly episode 140. <laughs> I got that.